Excited to introduce you all to this special podcast episode I am calling a Clinical Pearl episode. I'm going to be interviewing experts in their field that would be of interest to midwives that maybe we didn't learn in school or training. I'm your host, Amber Wilson, a doctor midwife. In today's episode, we get to hear from an expert pelvic floor therapist. Okay, hello everybody. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited to have a special guest, Janice. She is a pelvic floor physical therapist with the Instagram handle of my pelvic floor muscle. We'll go into that a little bit more and she can clarify where to find her. But today we are going to talk to her about pelvic floor therapy directed towards midwives, midwifery care as the provider and things that we can do for our patients and clients for pelvic floor health and therapy. So say hello, introduce yourself. Hi there, I'm Janice Mitchell, and like you said, I'm a pelvic uh, floor therapist. I've been a physical therapist since 1995, and just a little background about how I got into this area, because that was not my life goal, was to be a pelvic therapist. In fact, I had never even heard of pelvic therapy. So uh, I currently have three teenage children. My first was born in 1999, and after he was born, I had some pelvic health issues, and at at that point, we weren't even learning about the pelvic floor in PT school. There was very little awareness and education. And also just to kind of take you back, this was, I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't have a cell phone. We didn't have a computer in our house. We didn't have internet. I mean, I'm sure that these things existed elsewhere, but it was not a common thing. So we've come a long ways in 20 years in terms of technology and awareness. And so it's a very exciting time. All right. So basically, I had uh, pelvic health issues and I saw a little ad in a PT journal for a pelvic floor class. And I thought, ah, I have some of those symptoms. Let me go and learn to help myself. And that morning of the first anatomy lecture, it was just amazing. Like, wow, this is our pelvic floor. This is what our body does. And really being able to connect some of the symptoms that I was having with the anatomy and function of the pelvic floor. And at that point, I knew that this is what I was going to do. Like, wow, this is everybody needs to know about this. So I ultimately started a private practice in Central Texas, and I've been so fortunate to be able to connect with, you know, so many uh, people of all genders, all ages, all ethnicities, to be able to help them with their pelvic health and pelvic floor and quality of life. My goal with my PFM or my pelvic floor muscles was to create digital resources and awareness to be able to reach people outside of Central Texas, outside of my physical sphere of influence. So we know that there are millions of people suffering and probably billions of people suffering worldwide and they've never heard of their pelvic floor. They have no idea that there's hope or help out there. So that's really my goal and vision is pelvic health for all, everyone, everywhere, in every language and creating resources. So I really want to thank you guys for this opportunity. Amber, I'm so excited to visit with you today. Oh, I am too. So. As you know, we stated before, this podcast is directed at, at midwives or people wanting to be midwives. Um, so how would you feel that, what do you think my listeners are going to get out of today's podcast interview? 
So basically increasing awareness of what pelvic floor therapy is and does. And so also some tips to be able to help their clients live their best lives. So not everyone is going to be able to go to pelvic floor therapy. And so to be able to connect their clients with high quality evidence-based information to help them improve their quality of life. Yeah, that's exactly true. Because, you know, I would assume some places maybe don't have physical therapists nearby or insurance things or things of that nature. Exactly. That's exciting for us to hear. So as midwives, you pretty much kind of know who we care for. (laughs) (laughs) What, who are we sending to you? What are we looking for Mm -hmm. to send to you? So during pregnancy, there's this, I I think this thought that, oh, well, if you have pain, just, just deal with it. You know, after you have the baby, the pain will go away. Or if you have leakage during pregnancy, oh, just deal with it. You know, after the baby comes, it'll go away. But we can help people during pregnancy to reduce pain, to improve function, and again, to live a better quality life. So number one, during pregnancy, leakage and pelvic pain. Those are two key areas that I would say if you have clients that have those symptoms, uh, pelvic therapy can help. And then postpartum, my, my vision is that every single person that has a baby would be able to have at least one pelvic floor session with a therapist. So that's everyone, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Is that that's a goal that's probably never, ever going to happen across the whole wide world. But understanding the physical changes that have the body has gone through, whether it was a vaginal delivery, whether it was a cesarean section, um, and just the the whole the whole mechanics of pregnancy and that pelvic floors have it's kind of like a hammock there at the base of the pelvis and it's having to carry that pregnancy and all that extra fluid and that weight and over time uh, that it requires a lot of those muscles and structures so pregnancy and then everyone postpartum but in the event that you want to be selective and you're at a facility maybe that won't send everyone postpartum some of the key things would be pelvic pain urinary leakage bowel leakage leakage with gas and uh, pelvic organ prolapse or heaviness pain with sex that kind of thing now did i see you say on instagram that other countries do do that for all postpartum or postnatal? There are some countries. So my understanding is uh, France. So some of the European countries have a very progressive uh, postpartum pelvic health program, basically. So France and I think Netherlands, they have standard pelvic floor therapy for postpartum individuals, which is incredible. Yeah, that is. Now, and in touching on some of those postpartum things we're looking for, too, would you think that things such as forceps, vacuums, third or fourth degree lacerations should be just mandatory? Mandatory. Absolutely okay. mandatory. Yeah. And as as certified nurse midwives, we see women through their lifespan. So I know I've personally sent someone who had babies 19 years prior and has had all kinds of incontinence and I was like oh you should have seen a pelvic floor therapist Mm -hmm. years ago but I was happy to send her 
she had never heard of it at 19 years postpartum, essentially. Yes, yes. I mean, there's so yeah, like the awareness you you will be able to connect with people within your sphere of influence. So just increasing awareness is huge and being able to connect and help the people that you interact with. Right. And women such as like you that had babies in the 90s or whatever that didn't even know that they could still receive help. Yeah, totally. So I love that. I love being able to send them your way. Um, So can you give us, we send somebody, we put in the referral, they come and see you. Can you give us a brief summary of what they might expect for that session with you? Sure. Absolutely. So an example uh, would be, let's say someone is having symphysis pubis dysfunction. So they're having pain in their pubic bone. So they're going to come in and before we even do anything hands-on, we're getting a thorough history. We're going over patient goals. What makes it worse or better? And basically what are they not able to do that they want to do? All right. And then we jump into the physical assessment. So we're looking at movement and posture, reflexes and sensation. And then we're putting our hands on them and we're checking their pelvis, we're checking their muscles, their range of motion, their strength. And then, um, you know, with with this specific diagnosis, we may not do anything directly to the pelvic floor, but it, if they're having uh, pain with sex or if they're having some other issues that may point directly to the pelvic floor, we may also do a pelvic floor assessment either externally or internally. And then we are getting, we create a plan of care based on what we see. So if their pelvis is rotated a little bit, we're going to put our hands on them and gently, uh, either with our hands, gently do a mobilization of their pelvis or do some muscle energy techniques where we're using their muscles to help uh, create symmetry within the pelvis. We may give them a brace or recommend a an external support brace to help provide stability to that pelvis and gentle exercises. And then a lot of teaching too. So teaching what things aggravate it, what thing, how they can do, how they can get in and out of bed with less pressure on their pelvis or how they can get in and out of, out of the car. So a key there is like thinking about uh, the legs being like a mermaid. So keeping those knees and hips together as much as possible, because with that pubic bone being aggravated and inflamed, we want to try to not separate it and keep it together as much as we can. So to, to sidebar a little, is that something everyone should be doing to prevent pelvic floor issues, keeping the knees together? No, I would okay. not I would not say that everyone needs to do that. That is specifically for if you're having issues with the pubic bone and it's either it's either inflamed or it's uh, rotated or a combination of both and we're trying to reduce that inflammation. I see. I see. Now, so you're, they come to you, you do these assessments or these teachings, and then they go home and also continue the exercises? Yes. So we always give a home program. and We try not to make it too involved. I've heard some people say, don't give more than three things for a home program. I think that's, well, I certainly haven't adhered to that across, you know, my practicing years, but um You know, you don't want to have a list of 20 things. That's just not, it's going to be insurmountable. It's too much. So yes, they have a home program. And then generally 
We'll see them once to twice a week, depending on the severity of their symptoms and where they live and their schedule. And so many factors go into that. And we're trying to uh, get them to the point where they are able to self-manage their symptoms. Ideally, they're symptom-free, but even in the absence of being a symptom-free, if the, the knowledge of what to do when you have a symptom, whether it be pain, whether it be leakage, whether it be a vaginal bulge, the, the, that's very empowering. Okay. If I have X, I know I can do Y and Z will, will be my success, right? My solution. So just understanding self-help tips can be huge. And how, what would you say the average duration? That's probably a broad answer. Duration of physical therapy is. So in terms of an average, it would vary so much based on diagnosis. I do generally say that you should be seeing progress within four visits of physical therapy. So if you're not seeing any progress, then you're not on the right track. Your therapist isn't on the right track. So either the therapist needs to be doing something or you need to seek other interventions. Okay. Um, So as midwives, what can we tell our patients about pelvic floor health or ways they can maybe prevent issues, probably especially during pregnancy and things like that? Mm -hmm. So in terms of pelvic floor therapy, I would describe it as, you know, the therapists are movement experts, right? So that's what we are uh, trained to do. We are looking at how everything fits together and then what is your function like? And we use multiple tools to help them achieve their goals of of pain-free movement or being able to walk without leakage or being able to have sex without pain. So whatever whatever the goal is, we're using multiple tools to help achieve that goal. And then I also think from the pelvic floor specifically, so you have some key functions of the pelvic floor. We really didn't talk about the anatomy, so I'm going to just briefly go over the anatomy. So the pelvic floor is literally, if you visualize your pelvis like a bowl and the bones are the outside of the bowl and your floor is, your pelvic floor is the bottom, the base of that bowl. And so they, it connects to the front and the back and side to side. So, and and then it also supports these organs, the bladder, uterus, and rectum. And each organ has a little canal that goes through the muscles and exits the body. And each canal has a different function. So the muscles need to close off those canals at the right times, right? So if the muscles aren't closing the canals off, then you can have leakage. But if the muscles aren't relaxing at the right times, then you could have difficulty with urinating, straining with urinating, constipation, difficulty with um, intercourse. So, again, you need the muscles to do the right thing at the right time and understanding that function. And then in terms of prevention, so I have some prevention tips here for pregnancy. I really think that perineal support is not um, emphasized enough. So that's basically, there are different ways that you can do that. But if you think about your, your perineum, so it's that smooth area of skin in between your vaginal opening and your anus, and you have multiple muscles right under there, and this is your. Some of them are your pelvic floor, and so we are trying to give some support from the outside to counteract the forces of gravity and pregnancy. Because again, remember, this floor is like a hammock, and 
all these organs in the baby are holding the the hammock is holding all of this up and so giving that hammock a little bit of gentle lift from below to help counteract that those forces can be huge pelvic floor muscle training so teaching the muscles to do the right thing at the right time avoiding straining and constipation so that can be huge during pregnancy but also postpartum so keeping the poop nice and smooth we want it to come out like a soft squishy banana <laughs> i know that sounds lovely but mm -hmm. really you know you just want it to kind of slide out you don't want to strain because if you think about you're sitting on the toilet remember our vulnerable pelvic floor and then if you just had a vaginal delivery maybe you had a, some kind of perineal trauma and it's in a very vulnerable state there because there's nothing counteracting that force and then you couple that with straining and constipation and bearing down it can provide that that really um creates a lot of stress and pressure on that pelvic floor so in what ways to back up to supporting the perineum, mm -hmm. what can we or the patient do to do that? Mm -hmm. So there are various devices that are specifically designed for perineal support. And perineal support goes from light to intense. And a lot of times people may be able to use like a pair of exercise leggings or a pair of spanks, something to give a little compression and lift from below. And that might be enough. They may not have to go purchase something else. On the other hand, there may be some that need more support. And so then there are devices out there like the V2 supporter and the Fem Jock that's basically kind of like a jock strap that you would see for a male but it's for a perineum a female and it's you wear it outside your underwear but inside your outerwear because it's you know we don't want it visible to people and it that might be life. awkward <laughs> I <know. laughs> although I do have a picture on Instagram of me wearing one I, I'm doing <laughs> things on Instagram I never imagined that I would so sure. I'm just just out there now. Um, in fact, when I first started this, I was like, no, I don't even, I, I didn't have any pictures of myself. I didn't have my, um, I didn't even have my own voice on some of the videos that we were doing the voiceover recording. And now, you know, here we are. We're just here. You're just here. out there. You're doing <laughs> a great awesome. job. Yes. One other thing I would say, by the way, thank you. Um, another thing that you can do for perineal support during a bowel movement is take um take some toilet tissue wrap it around your hand and then actually put your hand on your perineum to provide some gentle counter force when you're having a bowel movement especially at the beginning um so you don't want to to push too hard but just a gentle counter force there can can feel pretty good and can help to prevent some issues so, so where can one find one of those bands? The for the V2 supporter, you can find it on on Amazon. Okay. So and then any of the any questions that you have about any of this, feel free to email me or you can direct message me and I answer everything myself. So my email is Janice J E A N I C E at mypfm.com and then our Instagram is my pelvic floor muscles. So um, 
we are updating our website to help find things better too. But anyways, there's a lot of resources out there that can help. You do have a lot of resources. So, and I do have a question about late about pushing because I feel like it's a, uh, you know, some say yes, some say no, but perineal support by the provider, midwife, whoever, when pushing, especially in an epiduralized mom. Do you have thoughts on that? You know, I think it makes sense, but I have not seen any research. I would love to actually see some research to, you know, show yeah. does that reduce the rates of, of tearing and trauma. But it makes sense from a physiological standpoint, right? You're counteracting yeah. some of that force. I guess the biggest thing would be you don't want to impede the progress of the baby, you know, coming out. But as long yeah. as that's not happening and you're providing some nice support there. Yeah. And, it's know, just gentle literal perineal like you're not holding anything back you're just kind of doing counter pressure on that perineal tissue and I only personally I don't know all the midwives in the world but I only do it with mamas that maybe have an epidural so they can't really know like how hard they're pushing Mm-hmm. They may push too hard. Well, mamas without medication also, but they don't really want me touching down there when they're <laughs> when right, they don't have enough right, right, So right. I keep my hands off. But mm-hmm. I have pretty good outcomes as far as lacerations, and it was how I was taught as well. So yeah, I just wondered if you sense. had any thoughts. Mm-hmm. No. I, no, I think it makes a lot of sense. One other thing too, I would say in terms of prevention is that so many people want to get back to exercise so quickly. And so mm-hmm. just allowing your body some time to heal and retrain the pelvic floor and return to exercise safely. So there's a lot of great guidelines out there and some of them are free. So um, go slow and support your perineum. You know, it takes up to a year for the levator hiatus, which is where the the muscles kind of separate to allow the baby to come out, right, to return to um, what it was for like a, a C-section mom. That's not even pre-pregnancy. So it, it takes time. That's my point. It, it takes mm-hmm. time. And you're at four weeks or at two weeks, you're not ready to go out there and start running. You need to go slow and have some guidance on a graded return to exercise program, whether you had a vaginal delivery or a C-section. Mm-hmm. Do you have, you've already said so many things, but what would you say <laughs> your top three you wish everybody knew about public mm-hmm. health. So they're kind of general. So number one is understanding the anatomy and how it functions. Because for me, that was huge. I grew up in a family of healthcare providers and I and I went I had I had a master's degree in physical therapy and I did not know about the pelvic floor or what it did. So understanding the anatomy and how it's designed to function. So that's number one. Number two would be symptoms are not something that you have to put up with. So pain, leakage, prolapse, there are interventions that can help with that. And then the third is kind of along that line. There's hope and help. So even if you live in an area where you don't have a pelvic therapist or for whatever reason you can't access a, a pelvic therapist, there are a lot of free resources out there. And with technology, the it's just completely exploded our access to high quality information. 
Well, Those also, also low quality information as well. So you want to make sure that you're getting some good information. You can go to our website, mypfm.com, and we have a lot of the common conditions and things that we have links to hopefully help guide you to good resources. And along those lines, what are the most common complaints that, that you see require pelvic floor physical therapy? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so those, I would say pelvic pain, and that's not just pain with sex. It could be pain with sitting. It could be uh, tailbone pain. It could be pain with pooping, pain with peeing. So pelvic pain, any pain between the belly button and the hips, and then leakage. So again, that could be urinary leakage, but it could be bowel leakage. It could be leakage of gas. So a lot of times people don't recognize that problems holding back gas could also be a pelvic floor issue. And then pelvic organ prolapse. So vaginal bulging, pelvic pressure, uh, that kind of thing. Some interesting research. So... 76% of postpartum moms with urinary leakage at three months postpartum still have it 12 years later. Okay. So the, the theory that, oh, it'll just get better on its own. If you still have it at three months, speak up. Okay. And honestly, I would say, you know, in the U.S. at least, we're generally going back for that six-week checkup. If you're still having, if you have pain, leakage, and prolapse at that visit, I would encourage you to tell your birth provider and begin seeking help. Now, if it resolves and you don't need that referral for therapy, fantastic. Cancel the appointment. But you have it if you need it. Yeah. So many um, people say, I thought it was normal. I'm like, exactly, no. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to give you a few other statistics here that I have. So for C-sections, 6 to 18% in the U.S. result in chronic pain. Again, that's that. Think about how many people that is. And then pain with sex, 50 to 60% of women have it at six to seven weeks postpartum. And 30% still have it at three months. 17% still have it at six months. So if you look at 17% of people still have, you know, pain with sex at six months, it doesn't have to be that way. And then fecal leakage or bowel leakage, up to 10% of women report that. So um, there's hope and help. and Basically, if it involves pee, poop, sex, or your pelvis, um, we can we can help. <laughs> I'm glad you're there. So how can we as midwives help our clients aside from sending them to PT, like mm-hmm. in instances where we don't have that resource? Yes. What can we do? So number one, listening and validating them. So, so many times they are afraid and they may think it's in their head or they may have even had another provider tell them that it's in their head. So listening, validating. And, you know, even before that, I would say before number one is asking. So don't wait for them to say I'm having pain with sex or I'm having leakage or, you know, I can't poop or whatever it is, asking pelvic health related questions. And there's some great questionnaires out there and, and a lot of intake forms have that, but having a provider look you in the eye and directly say, are you having pain with sex or whatever can be huge. So, uh, discussion 
and then educating on the anatomy and possible causes. So midwives being familiar with the anatomy of the pelvic floor and what it does and how it functions on our YouTube channel. It's our YouTube is My Pelvic Floor Muscles. There's no spaces. We have a video called Pelvic Floor Basics. And so it goes over these things that I'm talking about. And it's about a 13-minute video. So I would encourage everyone to watch that. And I think every person needs to watch that because it, it we show what the pelvic floor does, how it works. And it, it's a great anatomy lesson, but it's also in, in about a fifth grader reading level. So we try to make it very user-friendly and it cut out a lot of the uh, medical lingo and that video we have it in seven languages so that's cool if you have a multilingual person or somebody that doesn't speak English we may have that video wow that's really awesome mm -hmm. it's exciting um, so I have a few more things so also teaching massage so teaching perineal massage postpartum so if they had perineal trauma and they had they either had a laceration or if they had an episiotomy, then they're going to have scar tissue. And so teaching them to massage their scar tissue after it's healed. It seems so simple, but again, it's it's part of our musculoskeletal system and you have muscles right under there. And so you're not only getting that fascia and the connective tissue, you're also helping to massage some muscles that may be overactive and not doing the right thing at the right time. So teaching perineal massage and then also teaching C-section massage. So many people don't even want to look at their C-section scar. They don't want to talk about it. They want to pretend like it's not there. So teaching that. Yeah. connecting with resources, so free videos, and then encouraging intervention. So those are some basic tips, I think, that can help bridge the gap there. And those are our resources, such as, like, you have incontinent resources, things like that we can mm -hmm. refer to if we couldn't send yeah. them to PT. Absolutely. So on our YouTube channel, we have a video, well, Number one, I have like 5 million projects and ideas always going on. So at the point that the person is listening to this podcast, we may have more resources. But at this point right now, we have another 13-minute video on stress incontinence. And I'm really proud of it. And it gives some great information and some great self-help tips. So we have that. And then there's something called the Continents Foundation of Australia. And I'm going to uh, give you the website here because they have some fantastic information, written handouts, and then also videos. So in my view, this website has the most uh, resources for incontinence that I've seen. So it's Continents so C-O-N-T-I-N-E-N-C-E dot O-R-G dot A-U. And they have a newsletter. And so I would encourage you to sign up. And they also have some other options for providers in terms of handouts and things. So it's a really good resource. And I will put all this. I just got fancy and got a website. So I'll hey, link hey. all this too <laughs> on nice. that post for your episode. Awesome. So um, can we send you atypical complaints and would it help? Like endometriosis is one of the questions that I was pretty popular to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If it's involving the pelvis, highly, it's highly likely that the pelvic floor is involved. So absolutely. Even things like painful periods, you think that that's helpful for you too? 
it can be. So can we actually affect the the you know the the period no we're not affecting the actual menstrual cycle but we can help to address the musculoskeletal impact right mm-hmm. right and help with Management. all that strength mm-hmm. and scar tissue that exactly. may be actually causing the pain yeah mm-hmm. that makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. and overactive pelvic floor muscles are a huge source of issues yeah and that can affect too labor correct Right. So you mm -hmm, you need the pelvic floor muscles. Okay. so you have this hammock and the hammock is wrapping around that vaginal canal. And when that baby is coming down the canal, we need the muscles to relax, to allow that opening to enlarge. And you don't want to have to push against the muscles, too. All right. You're already going to have to be pushing. Let's teach the muscles to relax, do the right thing at the right time to let that baby come out. Is there anything we can do to anticipate that? So in terms of training, there's there are some different classes out there, like push prep classes. Uh, I think a helpful tool is just even getting a mirror and like get in the bathtub with a dry bathtub. Take your clothes off have some alone time and have a handheld mirror and look at your perineum and practice. So squeeze, squeeze. When you squeeze, are the openings closing? Um, Many people, when they activate the pelvic floor, they're not even doing it right. So teaching yourself some self-help tips can be, can be a big deal. So um, when you squeeze, you want the openings to close and the pelvic floor to lift. So to know if you're doing that right, you have a mirror and you're watching yourself to see, do the, you're looking at your vaginal opening. Is it closing? You're looking at your anus. I think the anus is sometimes easier to see. So looking at that onus, onus, anus. So when you squeeze, it should kind of pucker up, pull up, like visualize if you were in an elevator full of people and you didn't want to pass gas. You're pulling up and in. That's what should happen when you squeeze. And then the opposite should happen when you relax. So practicing with that mirror again, opening. Does your anus open when you tell it to and you relax and you breathe or is it still tight? And so that's one way you can know if you're doing it right. Well, I mean, you have been so helpful. I've learned things just listening to you talk and I could probably ask you like 40 more questions but we only have so much time I know I know it's been just a pleasure something that I love to talk about and I think the the biggest thing is that just know that there's hope and help and a lot of free resources out there and we want to work together to help your clients live their best life so that is our goal thank you so much for talking with me today Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And I hope that we can do this again sometime. Part two. Exactly. I have a great one on sex without pain. Oh, man. Yep. We're, <laughs> I'm going to be back on. <laughs> yes. Hope you all enjoyed hearing from Janice from My Pelvic Floor Muscles. She has so many resources on Instagram and YouTube. I encourage you to look her up and utilize those resources for yourself, for your patients, for anybody you can think of. If you listen today, please record 
and screenshot and tag me on Instagram. Remember, I'm at midwife.mommy. You can leave a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. You can check out my website now at www.journeytomidwifery.org. And you can email me at journeytomidwiferypodcast at gmail.com. I really appreciate all of you listening, and I'm excited to continue to record.